Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome along to your Monday night edition of the TII podcast. My name is Craig Dennett, and I'm your host this evening as we start to look ahead to Rangers' big second leg crunch tie against Servette away in Geneva, which takes place on Tuesday night this week. To look ahead to the game and to discuss all the news from today, including press conferences from Michael Beale, from Ryan Jack. Um, I did try and find the Servette manager press conference, but it was not appearing anywhere so it might be a bit later tonight for that one but joining me to discuss it all we first up we have Reese. how are you doing Reese? yeah good thanks Craig how are you yeah good thank you mate and we also got Kendall joining us as well how are you doing Kendall yeah brilliant great to be here excellent well we'll get we'll get stuck in um I know the guys covered the Rangers versus Livingston game in detail last night um obviously a 4-0 win so not much to complain about on that front. Some great goals in there as well. I think I've watched Kieran Dowell's goal over and over and over again. Um, I actually watched Fuentes' goal a few times, even though it was disallowed, which is um, which is a wee bit strange. But Reese, just before we get stuck into looking ahead to the Servette game, can you give us your, your sort of final thoughts on the weekend's game and, and what what we can take from it going forward? We know that we know the team are just. Uh, everyone's already hating the words the team are just gelling together but um, the, the team are just, just starting to get to know each other and it seems game by game we're seeing progress Yeah I thought first half we were poor I thought like don't get me wrong the first kind of 10 minutes or so was okay and then the rest of the first half you're going oh that's a tough watch but um, a few chances created I think you can tell that the players don't really have that familiarity yet there's a few misplaced passes or runs going elsewhere that you wouldn't see with a team that had been playing together for years. So it's pretty evident. But um, it was good to get quite a convincing win because I think even for more so than you know ourselves as fans, the media narrative and that if we'd have scraped by Livingston with a 1-0 win or something, it would have been oh, Rangers are miles off it. But just even that 4-0 win puts out scales like to any quite a lot of fans and thought the midfield were excellent two centre halves excellent keeper excellent two full backs had a woeful game wasn't impressed with Dessers or Lammers and then I thought Danilo was much better playing up front in his own second half yeah I think it's I think that's probably a fair assessment I'd probably question a few individual player assessments there but um I think overall in terms of Started well, went into a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a lull, um, and then pushed on towards the end. Um, Kendall, I think it seems to be a bit of a pattern we've seen in recent weeks in terms of a really fast start, first 10, 15, 20 minutes, come flying out the blocks, trying um, try and get an early goal in the game, which we did at the weekend again. We did it last week against Servette, uh, as we get to look 
as we start to get to the the second leg and then we seem to hit that bit of a dip um i don't know if it's i don't know why i don't know if it's players subconsciously take their foot off the gas and think they need to now conserve energy to to have a second go in uh, or have a go in the second half as such but it's 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 an interesting thing and it's something that i i guess would like to see less of and i'd like to see more of a consistent level of of play do you think that's a pattern that's done on purpose or do you reckon it's a it's a fitness thing I, 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 I'm not convinced it's either of those. I mean, I certainly don't think it's it's on purpose. Um, it, it seems to be something will happen in the game. Of, uh, you, know, you, you get uh, Sifuentes' goal disallowed, and then we seem to go into a shell. It's as if you're kind of expecting a reaction, something to happen at the back, and all of a sudden it goes back. Uh, I don't think it helps having Cantwell in that middle three. I think he's our best player by a... a a country mile, but having him in that section rather than the front section, I think takes away a little bit of the drive. When when he's pushing forward, the team push forward for me, uh, and then when he settles back into midfield and a little bit more solidity, etc., that's where kind of drive goes. Because I think the front three are all very much trying to still find their feet, um, and that's kind of when you you notice the real uh, injection of pace that Simon Matondo came, uh, and you know that you know they've obviously done a good shift because when Matondo looks like a player coming on, then the opposition's tired is, is what I'd suggest. So you kind of know that a midfield has, has, has done a good shift. So I don't, I, 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 as I say, I think it's a shape thing for me. You've got three guys up the front who's find, finding their own way. When when Danilo was the, the lone striker up front, I think it was quite telling that then we looked more of a threat. Um, and uh, I'll be interested to see if that goes. One thing I would say about the weekend is there's a couple of players just now starting to pencil their names in in that first 11, um, which we've not really had. So there's a couple of guys that are really still in doubt or positions that are really in doubt, in doubt. But at this moment in time, you're starting to say it's just, just fill in the names in that first 11 sheet. Yeah, I think that's, that's an interesting point. I, pr- I probably disagree with you about the Cantwell side of things, I think the way we started that first leg against Servette last week, with Cantwell really being the driving force after that dismal display rugby park, Cantwell was a driving force behind that all, but I do get what you mean in terms of if he sits back to start to conserve energy, then there's no one else from that midfield driving us forward. Um, but I do like Sam Lammers in that in that position. I do like uh, Dessers and Danilo in there. I think Dessers is the one that's jury's out on on that at the moment but he he admitted in the the post-match press conference when we we were sitting in it after the game last week he admitted that he 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 felt fit enough for the first 70 minutes and then he just completely fell off a cliff effectively and so he's clearly still getting back to fitness after i think he was injured for a while um before he even joined us so um i guess it's he's probably trying to manage our expectations as much as his own expectations and whether he's managing that successful or not i'm not not too sure. Paul McGarrigal says, Craig, is it, a, is it a dip or is the other team trying more? I don't think teams necessarily are trying more or less against us after the first 20 minutes. I think it's something we are doing more than what the other team are doing. They may get more used to us. They may slightly, slightly adjust to how we are set up or where we are applying the pressure. But I don't think the other team is trying any more or less. Uh, and Reese is clearly multitasking, so let's go for a bit, a bit of inception. Um, it says we need Cantwell where Lammers was, in my opinion. Trips, what do you all think of Lammers and Desser so far? So, Reese, give us your opinion of Lammers and Desser so far. Then, I think both have looked really slow. I actually think there is probably merit in what Paul was saying there. Um, sorry, it was Paul that had said about the other teams trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Paul. I think that when teams come to play the old firm, like you're playing a cup final, you're more likely to try every minute of that game. Whereas like our players, a lot of them might not either get the expectation or realise how much these teams try yet. You've heard like people saying it's everybody else's cup final. So it's maybe easy for our players to get up for that first ten minutes, you know, you've come out to the atmosphere, it's belting the first ten minutes and then it does just sort of die down towards the end of the half. So I think that's maybe just where the dip's coming from. But I think I'd probably agree with Kendall. I think Cantwell's got to be one further forward. I don't think that he's bad in the midfield at all. He was just very, very good at the weekend. But 
I think he's better leading that press to the front. And I thought we were much better second half with two wingers behind one cent- central striker than we were with one behind two. But um, time will tell, and I think we'll change it for opposition. But I think Lammers and Dessers look really slow. I know fitness has been quite big, but I, I just think, like, I'm not seeing what either brings. I don't know what either of you think about that one. I, when it comes to Sam Lammers, I'm actually a bit surprised. There's Ofra Hills also in the comments, and he says uh, Lammers needs matches. Jury's still out for me. I'm a bit surprised by that. I think Sam Lammers has been really positive since he came in. He's, I think he's more than matched his goal tally for what seems like the rest of his career uh, so far in, in this first few games for Rangers. And he's one of these players who is more technical, who does pick up positions rather than trying to just run at pace past players and I think it. I think at times that's what we need. Is he's pretty much like Yanis Hadji, but fitter almost is what is what I'd say from that aspect. Kendall, you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, I, it's just the, the thing I noticed with Lammers and where I'm going with him. I think he's going to be a cracking player for Rangers. I do think he will be. At the minute, he's a yard short of pace. He's got all the skill in the world. If you put that chance that he got at the weekend in front of everybody else, maybe one or two will score. Cantwell might score it. Sifuentes might score it because you know, like I'm, I'm going to get a tattoo to him and me. He's just brilliant. But, um, but I, I think a lot of other people miss. But, but what I see from you know, you're talking about the the the, um, the slowdown. If you watch the press after about 30, 40 minutes, Lammers are standing there. He's not leading the press, um, and that's yes, that that will come with time, etc. But I'm not sure he's that guy. I think he's almost a luxury player. Now, there's times and places for that. For instance, against against. Uh, the other half of the open, who I wouldn't name. The um, I, I think he's going to be really, really effective because he's going to he's going to see the pass. He's going to take on that last man when he's get one one and one. Etc. is going to be hugely effective, but he's not the man to lead that press. And that's what that's where I think I think he can play there with Cantwell and him supporting Danilo would be a very very interesting three for me. But likewise, and we'll come on to the things as well, as I say, if you have him in the team and a Seema or somebody who's going to actually just attack that press, um, then I think that's where you see some of that dip you were talking about earlier. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't think, obviously we've seen Dessers as the, the final part of the, the front three um, for in recent games. I'm not entirely convinced that's going to continue, although I do think... Uh, the two up front are are starting to create a bit of a wee bit of a partnership, and they're starting to understand each other's game a little bit better. And they do offer us something different in terms of style. Uh, but I, I do think that the Dessers will be the one that that drops out when we do have to press teams high. And like you say, whether it's Sima one side and uh, Lammers the other, or Lammers and Cantwell, it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. I think. When we've got to break down teams, we will continue to see Cantwell in that, the, I guess, the, the, the top of that midfield three. It'll be interesting to watch uh, Sifuentes, and we'll go on to talk about him a bit later on when we start to look at lineups and, and stuff like that. But when you um, when Sifuentes gets up and fully running and, and used to the team, I think it'll be really interesting to see a dynamic midfielder like him and how that impacts what Cantwell is able to do, what Lammers is able to do, and all that sort of stuff as well. So um, it's not something we've had for for quite a while actually. So it's something I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Um, the other part of that of, of that, I guess, that question that you asked Reese that kicked us off was um, Dessers. Tommy says Dessers probably about four to five weeks behind in conditioning. Scott Stephen nineteen saying Dessers will come good. Uh, he had two off the line on Saturday. He's getting in the right positions. Remember, he's still two, maybe three weeks uh, behind the group. He was injured as well at the back end of the season. It, I do like Dessers' movement, Reese. Um, just whenever he gets a, a chance to shoot or whenever he seems to get in the right position, I'm not convinced he, he's going to make connection with the ball any, more than anything else. I think when he scored in the first leg against Servette, it was probably lucky that the ball hit off him and went in rather than him making an actual effort to play the ball. Now, that might be harsh. That might be extremely harsh. But it's starting to get that bit, that kind of impression from him. I don't know if you've started to get the same. I think it's just, for me, what I think we're missing is how many players have we seen in Scotland succeed purely because of their physical capabilities? Like, look at Fashion Sakala. Like, there was times where you were only convinced he knew what he was doing, but he was quick enough to get there. 
there's guys like Kendall says and other teams in the city who I think are in that team purely because they run and run and run. Um, I don't know that they're technically excellent, but I think any time I've seen like Lammers or Dessels for that matter, they've just failed to produce a lot of force. Like any time they've had a shot, it's just for want of a better word, it's been a bit powder puff. Where you're like, there's no much force behind that. Keepers not had to do much. There's no much physical strength or pace from either of them. And I think it, you can be all well and good technical if you want, but if somebody's quick enough to get round either side of you and put a tackle in before you've moved it or before you've got by them, it's a struggle to see how it happens. But I do think he meant it. To be honest with you, Craig, when he's first one. But uh, I don't know. I just don't like how narrow the formation is. I kind of get behind two central strikers and going by what we've seen, albeit as early as it is, I think Daniel was a better one to be leading the line if it was up to me. It'd be real interesting. And we obviously saw how Michael Beale wanted to or how he started to set up his, his side towards the end of last season. We went on a huge unbeaten run. We went on a huge winning run, actually, to be fair, um, outside of the, the Celtic games. And that's the areas where he, he needs to improve. Going into the start of this season, um, we were two, there was a lot of factors that came into the Kalanot game. The more you look back at that, the more you realise just how many different things all went wrong at the same time. Um, whereas last Wednesday against Servette, it seemed to come together. On Saturday, it seemed to come together. And Kendall were heading into the second leg against Servette in Geneva, um, sold out stadium. First time Servette have sold out a game in, I believe, 15 plus years. Um, so their fans are definitely up for it. Um, two one ahead. I think my looking back on last week's first leg, my only disappointment is that we're not further ahead. Yeah, um, absolutely. The I, I mean, I, one thing I do want to move on from very quickly is this myth of Servette's whole home form. They've not been beaten for X amount of stuff. They've not won at home this season, right? Let's 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 put that right at the start here. They have not won at home this season. They've had three draws, um, so and we're not talking against salubrious um, uh, opposition here. I think I, I took a note of some of the uh, some of the stats and. Um, uh, against uh, St Gallen uh, at the weekend there. It was a 1-1 draw at home and uh, they had 40% of the possessions uh, I submitted and uh, St Gallen had 24 shots against them. Um, now, that that's not screaming out uh, I, 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 a team that I, I'm going to go into tomorrow night with any sense of fear over. Um, and I thought the press conference uh, from Michael Beale was, was hit the first line out of that press conference is right. We're going to we're going to go at them. Now I do also think that looking at how they've played this season, um, they've almost entirely bar one game I think played on the counter attack. So they've given up possession. So they will be going on on uh, the uh, on the counter attack. And I do think that they're dangerous in the sense that although the the XG against us in the first leg. Uh, it was less than one. It was like zero point eight or something like that. They 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 had um, I, I expected goals, but they had seven shots on target. You know, they, or, or, so they didn't they didn't like not create stuff. They just weren't very good at like that final little ball, etc. So there's a danger there, but there's nothing to be fearful of there. And I think if we do our job properly, pick the right team, get at them, it's pace. Power that's much more the second half. What is what I want to see tomorrow in the lineup, um, and there's nothing to fear. That's what I would say. That that's what I'm taking from it. There's nothing to fear there. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that there's nothing to fear. I think it's it's a really interesting one tomorrow night because we Servette had so many players missing last week. I think it was seven in total for a wide variety of reasons, from injury to suspension to visa issues. There was seven players missing last week for Servette. It's expected four or five will come back into the team next week. That makes it a bit more difficult to um, to, to really understand what um, challenge is going to face us. It's interesting what Kendall says there about um, they like to sit back and, and try and play in the counter-attack. That's definitely what we saw in the first leg against Rangers. It was difficult to understand if that was 
because it was at Ibrooks, because it was away from home, because Rangers started such high with such high pace and such high um su- such high amounts of movement in that final third as well, that they were almost penned back, but they, they never really came out of that, especially and then they went down to ten men, which also has a similar effect and they try and camp in and, and um manage to prevent us from scoring again. So um Interesting to understand what you learned from both teams in that first legs. What did you learn from Rangers? Kendall's touched on that a wee bit, but also what did you learn from from Servette? Much the same as the weekend. I thought it it was very narrow, which probably suits us with the ball in terms of creating and getting quick passes in between. But I thought Servette were quite resolute. They weren't like just there for the taking. At first, when we went 2-0 up, you were thinking, this could be a lot more comfortable than what it had been made out to be. And inevitably, I think it will be, famous last words. But uh, just as Kendall was saying, I think they do allow quite a lot of chances against them. For whatever reason, it is very, very, not easy, but frequent that you will get good chances against them. I, I was looking at the Servette St. Gallen game at the weekend, out of the 24 shots, how many do you think? Just take a guess what inside the box out of 24. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because you're asking that question, I'm going to go for three. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go think, six. Uh, I'll go six. Twenty. Oh well. Wow. <laughs> twenty <laughs> the other way. shots. Went the other way. Wow. Well. St. Gallen had twenty shots from inside their box on goal. Finished um, twenty. Did they not? It did. It did. They had seven shots in target out of that twenty. To be fair, and fourteen off out of the twenty-four. So, I, uh, you can imagine how. Many big chances they give away. They might that might be as a result of being more attacking and more expansive away from home. But I, you could definitely sense in the stadium in the first leg, like we were going down at half time and those guys gone. I but this is their B team and all that. Like I don't think it was their B team as such, but they were missing quite a few. So obviously that is the worry. But I've got enough kind of faith in our analysis and coaching department that. One will be prepared for who they do have that didn't come to Ibrox. How they perform with them and what we can expect when we go over there. Yeah, there's plenty of confidence in the comments as well. And Kendall, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. Paul McGarrigal says, uh, we can't go gung-ho tomorrow. Pick our moments to go for them and take our chances. Ophara Hill says, we're the better team and with a lead. Uh, also, they were further ahead in their season. I'm confident. Um, Curry Muncher says, I said last week, Servette are killing on steroids. If we're clinical, we will shut the game out before they get a chance to come at us. How, just picking up on that last point, I guess, before before touching on, on the others, how, conf- how confident are you that one goal for us will kill the tie? Is that is that something you you feel or is do you, are you, do you feel we need more than one um, tomorrow night? I think we'll probably need more than one to to, to be sure for for a cock for a comfortable night where we're not all like sitting on like biting our fingernails down the quick. I think we're going to need more than one. Um, I mean, they're again if you're looking at their this season, their best players, their best play is their front mid continually. You look at their stats, you look at the you look at the the scores etc. that are coming up. Their front men every every game is where their strength is. Is whether their midfield, which tends to be their weak point, can get the ball to them. 
So I think uh, I think it was Paul there that said, um, you know, to 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 not go on gung home control that midfield. I absolutely believe that, and and I and it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't go with this. It's not what I've got my as my team, but I think he probably will go with Jack Raskin and Sifuentes in that in that middle. I think that'll be your middle three tomorrow, uh, and then Cantwell who can drop back from the front line as well to support that, really control that midfield, uh, and then we can go on from there. Um, and I think that's that, that kind of leaves them, which they are quite good at as well, is going long. Um, so they, they, because the strikers are, are good at holding it up and they, and they can attack from there, although they've not scored a lot of goals, again, which breeds my confidence. But it's not out of the realms of possibility that we are going to need two goals to go through tomorrow night, I think. Especially with the left side of the fence. <laughs> we'll come on to talk about that website of defence later on in the podcast but Reese, I'm going to go through uh, Michael Beale's comments uh, we started to touch on bits and pieces of them anyway as we've as we started to make our way through the podcast I'm just going to go through some of them and then I've got some some questions that I'll start um, bringing towards you but Keen, first of all to get your your reaction overall to what he says he says it's a huge game we know Servette had a great game here in the last round against Genk uh, we know it's uh, we know it's a full house. We'll have a great atmosphere and we're looking forward to it. We know the home team have to win the game, so there will be opportunities if we can win the ball and attack at speed. I think very much like we touched on in terms of what the second half was like in the in the first leg. Um, I expect an open game. We are, we are ready for anything that comes our way tomorrow evening. Uh, we, we have had a lot of big nights in Europe away from home, but we also know that every game in Europe is difficult away from home. We have to be at our best tomorrow evening. Uh, it's important we try to win again tomorrow. We want to be positive. We are not coming uh, here to hold on to what we have. We know it's import- an important game for the club, the fans and for us as staff. Goldson is back and Ryan Jack is also back. Um, I want to touch on, first of all, we've, we've obviously already spoken a bit about we should be a bit more aggressive in, in terms of controlling the game and in terms of, especially on the counter-attack as well, where where we feel there's going to be space. How important is that mentality? And we hear it time and time again, but we quite often see the opposite as well. When you go into a, a second leg of a two-legged tie and you're one goal ahead, and you're away from home, and managers always say, we're going to go try win it, we're going to go um, try our very best to win it. It's not always the case that we see. Do you do you feel expect us to, to have that attitude, I guess, and, and take the game to serve it and try and secure the the win early on? See, I don't think we will. Um, and I think there's maybe a reason for it that's not as stated. So, as we've seen with Livingston at the weekend, and it's quite weird to think Livingston might have been a dress rehearsal first of it. So, in the first half, when it was 1-0, it could, in theory, be the way that Servette approached this game for the first half. They're still in the tie. They only need one goal to level it. Livingston only needed one goal on account not to level it. But as soon as Rangers went 2-0 up, the Livingston came out of the traps and we ended up winning 4 now because we play better when teams open up and we've got more space to play into. So I wouldn't be surprised if for the first half we are a bit more reserved and a bit more focused on, right, let you have the ball, we'll defend as we've done in Europe before. And then second half when Servet are even more desperate, to the point where they're going, if it, say it's nothing each at half time, 2 1 in aggregate still, they start throwing men forward, gung ho. Rangers then go, right, we've got this space in behind, bang, there's a goal, tie over, sort of thing. But I do think one goal over there probably does kill it, if it's the first goal. If it's not the first goal, who knows? But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it be a bit more defensive first half, and then possibly like, like the Livingston game at the weekend. A few changes, maybe half-time, 60th minute, and kill it off then. Yeah, Kendall, one of the things Michael Beale spoke about, and it's one of those intangibles, I guess, in terms of the atmosphere at the game, we know it's going to be a full house. Uh, we know because it's the first time it's been a full house in however long. We know because of the stage of the Champions League qualification that we're at, that the fans uh, in Geneva are definitely going to be up for it. So... As a Rangers fan, you expect your team to be able to cope with atmospheres and to cope in, in big occasions. We see it time and time again. Given how many of our players are new um, to the team, how many of our players 
haven't necessarily played for the biggest clubs in in countries um previously is is there any chance the atmosphere could be an influencing factor no i don't i mean i i, I don't see i mean you're talking about it's a thirty thousand sellout i think i'm sure they'll have um the great like you know a great atmosphere there but if they don't normally sell out um games and I'm, I'm, i don't think you might have a roar but you're not having going to have thirty thousand people chanting the same songs if you look at the players that have come in, for instance, Lam- you know, say we've got a Lammers. Lammers has played in Italy. You know, he's going to play against Rome and stuff like that. You got Na- Napoli. You know, they're going to have experience of that. Dessers, if he plays, he he was been been right through at a Conference League final. He's going to have faced some real real high pressure kind of games and all that kind of stuff. And um, the one thing we've brought in is uh, we've brought in experience. Uh, as well as you know, there's there, there's no you know there's no Matondos. With all due respect to Matondo, there's no sort of young laddies that's trying to make their way in the game. The guys who were brought in have, have come in with reputation. You look at Cantwell, Cantwell's first old form game. Um, now, you know he, he he put his chest out and he you know he's stealing water bottles away from players and all this kind of stuff, or noising them right up and that kind of thing. I mean, we'll find out a lot about the players tomorrow if it is if if it is that kind of atmosphere, which again. Just because it's thirty thousand people doesn't mean it's going to be that kind of atmosphere. It's not going to be an old firm to me. Um, and if it's not that, then actually we've got players there that have been through it, done it. You look at the last two old firms. Yes, I, I know what you're saying about um, the, the the team, but it's not an entirely new new team. And the ones that I'll be playing have got experience in those cauldrons. So not for me. It's not not an excuse for me. Now it might it might sort of take ten minutes to get used to, but it's not an excuse. Yeah, I have to agree. To be honest, it's um, it's kind of one of those red herring things that people that people throw, out. and sometimes people throw out about Ibrooks as well in terms of are the the atmosphere is going to be really intimidating. It's very rarely that you see an away team, no matter what size they are, come to Ibrooks and be truly intimidated by the atmosphere. I think the weirdly the last team that I saw and I thought actually you look a bit scared was Red Star Belgrade of all of all teams. Um, when you when you think about the atmosphere they have, um, and they're just the way their players seemed a bit shell shocked, and it's it, it it wasn't something I expected, nor was it something that um, nor was it something that I really saw again in that in that European run. But that first sort of twenty minutes against them at Ibrox was 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 surprising to say the least. You you want to jump in? No, I think Dortmund will. I, and I, I don't know if it was just being caught up on it that I kind of was taken away with it as well, but I think Dortmund and Leipzig definitely were. Um, but as Kendall said, and just as he was going through it there, I'm thinking, nah, that atmosphere's not going to be anything. I think Bill's just thrown it in as kind of a line for a press conference where he's not looking patronising, probably, because let's be honest, Sorvet aren't even the biggest team in Switzerland. There's Basel, Young Boys, St. Gallen, probably FC Zurich, Grasshoppers, everybody you could name before you come to Servette. I'd, we should be battering them, and we arguably could have in the first leg. Could have been 4-1, 5-1. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that, and I think a lot of it, Michael Bill spoke as well about an open game, and he spoke about the fact that it'll be like the, the much like the second half we saw at Ibrox and in that second half, there was space for us, but it, time and time again, it was just the um, the choices the players were making um, at important points as they as they ran through. We we saw players trying to do too much for quite a few players. It was their debut um, on the park, and they were trying to do too much with the ball. They were trying to take on a man too extra, or they were trying to play a World Cup ball instead of just playing it inside. How important is it that we get those choices right tomorrow night, Reese? I think it is important. Um, I think we will create enough to hopefully see the game out. Um, if I was to predict it, I don't. I don't see many problems for us in that regard. But I think again that's something that will come with familiarity over time. I think the more the players get to know each other, it's it's a bit like if you played with Morelos at first, you wouldn't know just how much he liked his back to goal and stuff and. I'm sure at first there probably was a few balls in behind that he's just turned around and looked at somebody and went, no, no chance. So there will be a bit of that getting used to with the players and the likes of Lammers and Dessers could totally prove us all wrong and start to get to know the people around the world and play each other's strengths and 
that decision making does come off. So hopefully we see that tomorrow. But if not, I think we'll definitely see it as time progresses. Yeah, Kendall, I think one of the most important parts of the press conference for me was just the confirmation that Connor Goldson was coming back into into the starting lineup in that defence. We knew or we we were 99% certain that he was rested at the weekend and it wasn't anything to do with an injury or any, any worry or anything like that. So it's it's nice to have that peace of mind that he's coming back in. But how how important can both Connor Goldson and Ryan Jack be in games like this? I, well, Connor Goldson is, I, I mean, I, I, in, in a funny kind of way, because, you know, the league was really gone pretty much by the time um, he got injured. I, I, it was almost a good thing for me because... It showed how important he was to us. Um, and if anybody, I, I I don't know what to tell you. If there's anybody sitting listening that thinks Goldson still should be in the team, I, I don't know what to tell you. Because um, you're wrong. Um, he's the first name in the team sheet every every, every uh, week you want. Him plus one would go through a lot of the games and picked us up a lot of the points that we lost when it was you know Sands and King. It's as simple as that. Um, and Ryan Jack's a different one. I, I think Ryan Jack does a great job for us. I think he's really good. I think he's a pale imitation of Cifuentes. Um, and depending on the thing, I mean, I, I know he's like Bill saying, oh, you know, he's going to be running about tomorrow night. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play. I think he'll do a great job for us if he does play. Um, but depending how much Bill wants to go after them, I'd be tempted to have a Dowell in there with Sifuentes and Raskin. Um, and, you know, Sif- Raskin, Raskin sitting and um, Sifuentes uh, just uh, just next to him and doing the box-to-box off and Dowell a little bit more. He's got a lot of energy anyway. Um, and, yeah, I, I would be tempted to put him in there. I think we will see Jack. So I'll, I'll take that back. I think we will see Jack. I think if he will get it. But long term, is one of these weird things. If if Dow was called Dowlino with the start he's made at Rangers, with the goal he's made, the energy he shows, the preseason he had, he'd be the first name in the sheet. He came for nothing from Norwich, and he wasn't known like Todd Cantwell was, and I think he suffers from that. But Jack's a cracking player. I'm delighted he stayed. I would have him for another couple of year contract as well, um, and he can step in and he'll never let anybody down. But he's not a game changer like Sifuentes is, like Raskin is, and potentially like Dowell is. And that's just my opinion. I think Ryan Jackson is an interesting one because heading into this season, I thought he was going to be a squad player. I thought he'd play the occasional game. I think he's he's well suited to games such as European away ties, such as going to play, going to play at Tynecastle or going to play at Easter Road or going to play at Celtic Park. But I, I Going, going places or playing playing at home at Ibrox, for example, I don't necessarily think is the is, is the type of game that he will tend to be to be suited to. He's probably tomorrow night would be one of those games that I would bring him in. I think John Lundstrom, I know he's um he's not travelled because of personal reasons um tomorrow, but I think John Lundstrom is slowly getting further and further out of the the starting eleven picture, which I don't necessarily think is a is a bad thing. But Reese, for you, where does where does Ryan Jack fit in in games like against Servet in the second leg tomorrow night? How how can his qualities benefit us? So I think it depends kind of what game plan we go with, whether it is the set-off approach or whether we are front-foot. I think if we're front-footed, then he, he should be in the 11 tomorrow. And I, as Ian's put in the comments, I would have Cantwell in that 10 role. And I think at that point, you've got to have Ryan Jack in the three behind, especially if Lundstrom's out for personal reasons. So uh, it depends what we go with, but I think with the lineup tomorrow, we can expect to start strong and probably finish strong. I think tomorrow's probably going to be a good indication of what our best 11 looks like in Bill's eyes so far, because like with Morton at the weekend, with all due respect, he can max out tomorrow. We can go all out and then no fine well that we don't have the hardest of challenges we're going to face this season at the weekend. So I think Ryan Jack, I would have expected him to take Arfield's minutes last se- uh, this season coming. Um, he seems to be playing a wee bit more than that. And it's 
maybe a bit of an indication that Lundstrom seems to be playing as often as Arfield now. Yeah, um, Kendall, both Reese and myself, I guess, expected Ryan Jack to play a little bit less. You went there completely the other way and said you'd offer him another two or three year contract. Are you? <laughs> are you? Were you? I guess you're not as surprised as we are by how much he's been involved so far. Bear in mind, we are only what three competitive games into the season. No, I, I mean, I think every time, but like Jack, Jack suffered the same. Um, thing is, is quite a few of our players, which actually you you look at Hadji before Hadji got in, uh, injured. There was there was no doubts about Hadji and Hadji's quality. I think the doubts on Hadji was about whether he could come back from being injured for so long. But you look at Roof, Roof when Roof's fit, Roof's probably one of the best strikers. But I mean, you wouldn't be going out and buying a, a Dessers if if Roof if you knew Roof was going to be fit. You know you just wouldn't because he's a cracking striker, and Ryan Jack is a cracking midfielder, um, and that's just it. If Ryan Jack's fit. Up until, as I say, I, I think the midfield now with Sifuentes, Raskin, Cantwell, Dowell, potentially the strongest mid Rangers midfield that we've seen for many a year. Uh, and that will only get proved over time. So we'll see. Um, so I think that's where, you know, he, he might struggle for minutes going forward. But up until, you know, Sifuentes came in, you know, Ryan, Ryan Jack fit starts every game he can play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado. Yeah, absolutely. I can see, um, I can see Reese laughing and asking that's it, Robert, Robert Tringham's. Reese really interests me as every opinion I've heard from Rangers does, but it looks 15. <laughs> um, they are saying, saying it looks 15, probably is about four or five years older than I think he looks. So, uh, <laughs> Play so your strengths. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Reese, I think Ryan Jack is an interesting one. Pete Lawrence says Ryan Jack on his game is a great asset to the team, ball retention, passing and defensive cover he offers. My issue with Ryan Jack is often that he slows the game down too much for us. I think when we, it's, it's a massive issue I've got with John Lundstrom as well, to be fair, but when they do get the ball off, whether it be the goalkeeper or the centre-halves, they turn and then they look and they look and they look and they look and they could have passed it about four times in that period and then they pass it sideways and any attempt we have at, um, at breaking down a team or catching a team out of position or or breaking at pace just disappears and it happens time after time in games. So that's why I think he's better suited to um, to games like tomorrow night where we're away from home and we're looking to control the tempo of the game or looking to control possession and, and take it from there. So it'll be really interesting with Ryan Jack on that one. One thing that Ryan Jack was asked about in his part of the press conference, he gave a lot of very generic, very boring answers in his press conference. I won't even read I won't even read them out. But one thing he was asked about, which I hadn't really considered, Reese, was the heat in Geneva. Um it's been during the day it's been between thirty two and thirty five degrees over there. I checked just before we came on um the podcast tonight. We obviously started recording at nine PM UK time. It's a bit beyond um what the where the final whistle will be. Um, or just before when the final whistle will be um, tomorrow night in Geneva, but it was 27 degrees um, in, in, in the city. How big, Ryan Jack says the, we train in pre-season in hot climates for this kind of thing, so we're not worried about it. How big an impact can that actually have? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really know how much of an impact it will have on the team. I think we have played in warm weather before. It's not like that's not happened, but Interestingly, we always seem to be worse when we came back for Dubai in those winter trips, so I don't know, I hope not, but um, I think we'll be used to it. In worst case scenario, you've got five subs to make. You know, I don't, as I say, I don't think we're against 
a massive opposition and in that regard a lot of our players now have come from abroad anyway so they'll be used to playing in these climates and you look at Cifuentes I'm pretty sure Ecuador's pretty warm to play football in and he done it well enough but on Jack as well as you were saying I think that's where the upgrade is we're asking like he'll just do it in two touches rather than four um, but I don't think in normal circumstances you need the likes of Jack and Raskin in the same team. But for tomorrow night, I can see why you would have to when you're probably not going to be the ball-dominant team. Yeah, Kendall, that's actually... Reese makes a point there in terms of he doesn't feel like Raskin and Jack work particularly well in a midfield. And I think in some occasions, such as Livingston at home, that's probably the case. But we did see it last week um, in the first leg against Servet and it, it, for the first 20 minutes, the first 20, 30 minutes, it worked It worked an absolute treat. Do you do you think that's something we will see more of? Michael Beale does seem to like the fact that Raskin can push a bit forward, but also sit a bit deeper as well if he needs to. And he has that flexibility in terms of his positioning. And if he does want the sort of two defensive mids or, or the double pivot, as some people... Um, some people like to call it from a um, if they if they're the football manager. Um, it does seem to like that that flexibility in there. Do you think we'll see, something we'll see more or more than we more than we probably think? I, I think Bill is looking to. I, I think he's built the squad to play very much horses for courses. I, I think he's intending to very much change the game plan as uh, to, to the opposition. So I think you will see it. But then I think the reason that Lundstrom gets the minutes he does is because he likes him to drop in and become the back three. Um, so there, you know, there's going to be there's going to be games where he's going to play Lundstrom where we're going to be scratching our heads, and you're going to see that he's going to be dropping in a lot, creating that back three, and really push up the guys in the side. Um, so I think he's very much going for a horses for courses, uh, and that's obviously what he's seen from Servet before the game um, last week. Um, is I think that he wants to keep that solidity in the midfield, and then push the rest of them up. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that's where, where, where Seema, uh, I, I've got him as a certain t- starter for tomorrow um, because that kind of pace, power and to pin there. I, I think that, I think the secret to tomorrow night is to going to isolate their strikers from the midfield because their midfield is not great. Uh, I know they've got a couple of players coming back and one out. Um, but their midfield is probably the weakest part of that. So if you can isolate the front from the backmen, uh, the, the the front of the backmen, if you can pin their defence back, then I think that we're gonna they're gonna have to resort to long balls. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that strong, real, dominant midfield in there. So that's where Jack possibly gets in. I personally wouldn't because I'd, I'd really want to have a go at them tomorrow. So I'd I'd have, you know, Dowell in there. Yeah, with the others too, but um, but I can see he's probably going to do that, and I understand the thinking why. But the important thing is get those defenders, get these their their wing backs pinned back, and then I think we'll have quite a, a reasonably comfortable night. I don't think we'll I don't think we'll have less of the ball. I think we'll have more ball tomorrow than they have. Yeah, Reese appears to have left us for a, a couple of seconds. He gone by the hour comment about it how old he is. He might, he might well be away to ask his mum if he can stay up to ten o'clock. But um, <laughs> when, I was. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, Kendall's slowly giving away his team one by one as we go through this podcast. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> keeping track of of what it is. We will come to the predicted starting lineups shortly, and, and and I know we did touch on some of the new players. Probably more on on the ones who aren't impressing us at the start of the podcast, but I'm keen to look at the ones who who are impressing um, so far. Reese, who which of the new signings have you most been been impressed by? Um, of the new players, probably Jack Butland. In all honesty, um, I think Butland's mentality, his mindset, his experience you see all come into play. I think at times, you know, I've probably questioned his distribution more than most but I think he's always looked dead assured you've seen like that deflected shot on Saturday where he's just he's no needed for 90 minutes but the one minute he is needed he's there and he will make that decision and he seems quite calm as well I think that's something that comes with age especially being a goalkeeper he's not somebody that's not been in certain environments before he's played in front of 80,000 or whatever so I think 
he's been really reassured um, or reassuring for the back four as well. But other than him, I would say Sifuente has impressed me in the limited amount we've seen of him. And Danilo, I think, has a lot of potential. But I think he's just been trying too hard. He's shooting for everywhere. Like you can tell he's really trying. He's trying to impress and win the hearts of us, which, again, sounds good to me. Yeah, Kendall Butland isn't actually one that seems to get mentioned all too often. We tend to focus more on the forward line um, or the forward-thinking players than we do um, than we do the goalkeeper. But I, I do have a lot more confidence this season in our goalkeeper than I have done for the past two seasons. And I, I guess I was very vocal on this podcast about the fact that um, Alan McGregor should have retired two seasons ago. But um, I do feel much more confident in, in Jack Butland and his all-round his all-round ability. Even um, was it one? Of the, I think it was one of the pre-season games. He, he came absolutely flying out his his box to and put in a sliding tackle to clear a to clear a ball. He timed it absolutely perfectly, and it was just so different and so refreshing to see. Yeah, I I mean, to put it quite bluntly, at one 0 at the weekend last season, we lost at least one goal to those two shots he saved. At least one, maybe two. We were maybe two one down at that point, crowd on our backs and, and really going for it. Um I, I do a thing um where through a season I kind of work out how many points keepers actually earn you. And I would actually have him known as as, as winning us a couple of points because without those saves and one was going right in the corner after a deflection and right in the corner. Um and and he kept it out. Um I think he's a cracking keeper, and I also think that that Grigsy has left part of his soul actually there because I don't know if you if you saw him pick up that soul and like scream at Tav uh, for one of the misplaced passes, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, you know, you're just in the door and you're having a right dig at the captain. I thought brilliant. That's exactly what you need your keeper to be doing and keeping them honest. I think with him and Goldson, etc. Who like uh, you know because Goldson's a talker as well. I think that actually that there's a real good makings of a back a back four there. And just in recent, just if I, if I can just mention as well, uh, you were talking about the new players, etc. I think you were absolutely bang on with everybody you mentioned, especially with Butland. But I would, I do think. We we're talking about people that we forget about, and I do think Dill and Dillino, as I'm now going to call, um, is is the he has been the best performing new signer we've had. He's consist- he's not had a bad game, I don't think, even in that abortion of a game against Kelly. Um, the, you know, if there was one player that actually played well, it was him. Yeah, I think. There's a few, there's a couple that jury's still out for me, but we are three games into a season, so I, it's harsh to judge. I've done that before with John Winstrom, and then he scored the goal to get us to the Europa League final that same season. So um, I will hold off on the judgments um, on that one. But I think the the two, um, I think Dessers and I think Seema are the two that are kind of a bit jury's out for me at the moment. I know Seema's got his goal at the weekend, and he's got he's he's really quick. Um, I just think his his overall play hasn't quite convinced me yet, and I, I, yeah. I, I remain open to being convinced, yeah. but I, I'm I'm not there yet. Do you agree, Reese? Yeah, definitely. I think um, as good as it was, and I hope it does spur them on, like Dessler's getting the goal last week, and then Seema at the weekend, I think both goals were easier to miss, but hopefully it just like settles them down. Danilo's scored now as well, so hopefully he stops shooting for 40 yards in his first touch. But, uh, yeah, I think that we should be taking probably, to paraphrase John Bennett, a more long-term view when we judge players. But we all know Rangers fans, that's not happening. But uh, yeah. Just on that though, Reese, I know you mentioned the how many of the new players have scored, and I think that's a really important it's always a really important point, whether it's just in my head or whether it's actually a trend, I'm not entirely sure. But see, see when you get new players, especially strikers or forwards, who they, they might take six or seven games to go off the mark. That is not what I look for. And I've almost written them off by that stage. It's been really good to see so many of the different players and so many different new players finding the back of the net. And I think because we have been so reliant on Alfredo Morelos and James Tavernier for however many seasons now, we're talking four seasons, maybe five seasons now, we've almost been solely reliant on them to see the the range of 
um, contributions in terms of goal scoring is is great so far, even in the first three games. Yeah, I think so. And just when you spoke about new players building that almost like knack of scoring early and not going a long time without scoring, I think we've seen that across the city, that that can actually put fear into people. Like last year, they outperformed their expected goals by I think it was like eight goals. It was either eight to ten. But that when you think about that, then so they're scoring goals that normal strikers wouldn't score for that chance, that exact chance. So either they're exceptional finishers, which might be true, I don't believe it to be true, or teams are just expecting they'll score because they've done it before and they do it quite regularly. And if everybody's got that mindset, then they will do it quite regularly. So if you've got the likes of Danilo and Dessler's coming into the league, the likes of Levy, like they've scored, didn't they? Those sort of teams. So they'll expect who they're a good finisher, so they're probably going to score the same way. Kyogo might, and then it just takes that one wee percent in a goalkeeper's head to think as he's hitting this shot, it's probably going to end up in. And it could be a difference just here and there. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's so important we get so many more contributions goal-wise um, from across across the squad, and it's, it's made a really positive start, and hopefully that continues. Um, Gavin Dowd's Clearly didn't like the joke about you asking your mom if you could stay awake, and has he says he's unsubbed. And um, to everyone out there, if you've not subscribed to the podcast, please do. We're about ten subscriptions away from hitting the hitting the six the magical six thousand subscriber mark. So please um, drop a, vid, a like on the video and, and subscribe to the TII podcast. You get to see, you get to hear our, our voices um, most weeks, and you get there's a whole range of, of content coming coming at you. Whether it's live podcast, whether it's um, podcast about the women's team, the B team, or live from Ibrox on match days, there's plenty of content coming all round. And, and make sure you're subscribed so you get a notification every single time. And he's come back and said he lied, so good on him. Maybe we only need nine now, um, but just subscribe anyway, just in case. On to, we'll just, um, we're kind of encroaching the hour. Um, now, uh, Kendall, I'm going to start with yourself because you've revealed about three quarters of your team anyway. Um, so can you give us your, your sort of predicted starting lineup for the, the second leg? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it kind of the, the, the back link kind of speaks for itself just now. So you've got uh, Butland obviously in goals uh, with Connor and uh, Souter in the middle, Tav and Borna on the wings. I know that that'll get me my starter for, for, for 10 for abuse. I don't think Sterling has had enough minutes yet or I would put him in there. I, I do think long term we'll see Sterling over there. But in this one, Borna's still going to the left. Kendall, I, just one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you just there because the Borna Barisic one does kind of interest me is is he just the, is he just there at this moment in time because he's the only option do you think um do you, do you think michael beale actually likes him and will be starting left back going forward where do you where's the balance in there in terms of where the where the truth lies i think i think it's a again a bit of both i don't think there's a, i don't think there's a straightforward answer to it i think michael beale likes him um i think he brings something to that team if you're if you're pushing your foot right He's a liability go back. I think we all know that. And then he gets it. And if if you give him the ball in his own half, he'll go forward ten yards. He'll stop. He'll come back and he'll look for a pass. He'll pass it. End up passing the goal. He'll give the corner away. But the um, but the other side of that is if you're pushing those right up. So he's talked a few times in pressers about back three. If he goes back three and you get Tab and Borna right up that pitch, and then you've got you know. Sifuentes and Raskin minding the, the, the sides or, or, or being those extra men filling in behind. Then Borna puts in a hell of a cross um, and you know he, he, he gets assists. Uh, and we've got a lot of man mountains in the team now. I guess, okay, our front men like Danilo and, and, and Dessers aren't huge, but the rest of them are. You know, Lammer's what, 6'3", 6'4". Um, Seema's 6'2", 6'3". Um, the defenders when they come in and they break and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of big laddies in that in that team, and that those cross can really make it. So I can see him getting a lot of game time. I do think if you're playing, um, for instance, in the, uh, an old firm game, it wouldn't surprise me to see Sterling there, where I actually know I need somebody that's going to watch the back here. So I wouldn't, I really wouldn't surprise me to see him Morton get a full game there. 
um, to, to, to see what he's like. So we'll kind of have a right good look at him and see is he ready for the, for the Oldham game. So that can, so I, I, again, I think it's going to be horses for courses. Borna's not going anywhere this season. He's just not, he's not going to get sold. And I think he will infuriate us and he'll delight us. And people that hate him will continue to hate him and people that love him will continue to love him. And it's just Borna. Fair. That's uh can't wait to watch Borna Barisic at left back for the rest of the season then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the rest of the team, sorry. So so the mid the midfield, I think he's he's gonna go with Sefuentes, Raskin and Jack. I would prefer Dowell in there instead of Jack. And front three for me, I've got Seema. I think Seema will play because he hurts him with the pace and again push that full back back, push the defence back. I think that's vital to tomorrow. So I think you'll see Seema just for his presence. Uh, and I would have uh, Cantwell and Danilo. So that would be my front three. Cantwell, Seema and Danilo tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Everyone seems to have slight variations on on, on their starting lineups. I have a couple in the comments here. So Paul McGarrigal uh, was Butland, Tav, Goldson, Sutter, Borna, Jack, Raskin, Sifuentes, Cantwell, Seema, Danilo. Um, whereas the trying Scotsman went for Butland, Borna, Goldson, Suter, Tav, Raskin, Jack, Sifuentes, Cantwell, Danilo and Lammers. Um, Reese, it seems to be that front three that's um, that, that's changing people's minds. And I guess people are agreeing with some of the views earlier in the podcast that said Cantwell should be pushed up into that into that front three. What does your starting lineup look like? So I think. If I was to predict it and bet on it, which I don't think is possible, but um, if it was a wager for my pal, I'll go Butland, Barisic, Suter, Goldson, Tav, midfield three, Jack, Raskin, Sifuentes. Don't think that would surprise many. Um, in fact, no, let me retract that. I think he'll go Raskin, Jack, Cantwell. I think we will see Lammers. But I think it'll be Danilo and Seymour up front just to get us a bit of pace up front to lead a press. I think he'll go Seymour. Um, and then in the second half, it probably wouldn't surprise me to see do, us do exactly what we've done against Livingston and go with two wide men in behind one central striker, say it's Danilo. Yeah, I think I'd, you, you, your slight change to your team there meant it was in complete agreement with with what I saw, uh, what I was I was thinking in terms of along the lines, I think I don't think Cantwell will be moved forward tomorrow night. I think we saw the midfield last week in the first leg was so dominant in that first twenty minutes that we'll go for the exact exact same on that front again. I think Sima will start. We'll be looking for pace where possible, um, and Lammers trickery um, allows us to to try and break the break them down if they do sit back, um, like we potentially suspect. They will do, and then um, I, I think that's that's probably how we're going to how we're going to set up uh, tomorrow night in terms of substitutions. Uh, Kieran Dow or Dowinho is is now being christened by Kendall. Well, uh, I'm not convinced by that. By the way, just I'm just not. Yeah. You, you can keep put, you can keep plugging it, Kendall, but I'm not convinced. Um, I think the, the, the fourth screamer he scores, you'll start calling him after the fourth screamer he scores. Fair enough. Um, I, th- I I think he'll come on and play a big part tomorrow night in the second half, but I don't think I don't think he's quite going to start. Um, so I th- we're pretty close, I think, in our three starting elevens there. Just um, myself and Reese in, in complete agreement, and then just um, just the one um, discrepancy there. I think Kendall, and I'm going to keep calling it a discrepancy uh, rather than an option um, <laughs> on the. Um, Gavin Dowd's petitioning the council for a statue of me. I mean, I'm sure there's there's much better things the council could spend their money on, but if it, if it's going, I'll take it. Um, just to close off the podcast as we do hit the hour mark, Kendall, come to you first for your score prediction. Yeah, I'm going three one, three one Rangers. Very confident. And Reese, how about you? I'll go two now Rangers. Two now. Excellent. And I'm going to go. Th- going to go even more confident I'm going to go 3-0 Rangers really comfortable win and uh, strolling into strolling into the next round against likely PSV I think they're 4-1 up from their, their first leg against yeah, it so it's going to be it's going to be PSV again hopefully 
a few sales over the next week or so for PSV, um, especially Sangari, if he's making his way back to Ibrox. Um, if he was sold, that would definitely be helpful. Um, but I think we'll round it off there. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for commenting. Plenty of engagement there in the chat. If you've enjoyed tonight's podcast, please remember to like the video. Please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel. As I said, we're about nine or ten subscribers away from the magical number of 6,000 subscribers. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who has already subscribed. They'll tell you how great it is to get a notification every single time we go live or we upload a video. All, all that's left for me to do tonight is to thank our contributors. Thank you very much, Kendall. You're welcome. And Reese, thank you very much again. Always a pleasure, mate. Cheers. Thank, thank your mum for letting you stay up as well. Um, I know. That's me. Lights it. <laughs> thank you very much to you all for listening uh, we'll be back, Kyle will be back on Wednesday night to review the, the game tomorrow night against Servette and start to look ahead towards Morton with the uh, with the warm up so we'll be, we'll be back on Wednesday night, plenty of content coming again this week as always until next time, goodbye Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.